Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Out and About with Antoinette. Now, you know, this is a podcast where I get an opportunity to interview some amazing people who are from in and around the state of Delaware that are doing positive things in their communities. And today, my special guest is Darren Bruce of the DJ Sessions. That's a live stream podcast, which I was featured on, but they feature the hottest electronic music DJs, live mixes, and interview streamed live. And I told Darren, I said, one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to do mine live, but today we're just going to be audio. And I have the honor and the privilege of bringing him back because I'm gonna pass the ball he gave me the ball I was on his now I'm passing the ball back to him Darren hello and welcome to my virtual house hello Antoinette thank you for having me here today I am so super excited because you know when we talked a couple of weeks ago we talked a lot about branding and you were asking for my opinion and let me tell you you know virtual handshake Thank you so very much. That interview was so on point. You allowed me to, you know, talk about what I do, what I did, you know, give my opinions. And it was like back and forth banter. It was like, we were old buds, like we were friends forever. So that's what I want to do today. I want your opinion on a few topics. And one is being how Zoom has changed the game, how you got started, And then we're going to talk a little bit about rebranding and repurposing. So when you first started, when you were a teeny little tot, Zoom wasn't popular. No, Zoom was not a preferred method for doing interviews. Um, All of our interviews that I'd done for for a year, oh gosh, uh, 18, oh, almost 26 years were always in person. I'll think about on the red carpet, right. you know, and even, even when zoom did get announced and I've known about zoom, I'd used it for a number of different things in my life, conducting an interview using zoom, people weren't ready for it. So they didn't have the backdrop set up. They didn't have the, the items of the, the tchotchkes or the, you know, the, the degrees or the pictures, like the Delaware blogger right behind them over top of the head you know, like, cause we're doing this via Zoom right now via video, but you know, um, they weren't ready for it. And it, it, the lighting wasn't there, the audio wasn't there and you would just get a real terrible product. And then all of a sudden this, this thing, this little thing happened and like, I think like 2020, I think it was, I think that right. was the year this little thing happened and everyone jumped online <clears throat> and it was like, okay. And you couldn't find a web camera to save your life, a micro, a web, a USB microphone everything was being sold out and people were just jumping online. And I kind of took a step back and said, you know what, I'm going to let everyone figure this out. It was part of one of my launch things of watching everyone go into what I called 2020 being, if you were, you were, I call it the look at me year. Everyone was trying to say, look at me, look at me, look at me. I got a story. I got a story. And it was, it was awesome to see that boom happen. Cause normally I, I describe to people that it, there's usually a bell curve of how it kind of starts out. There's first movers and it kind of curves up and you hit kind of a critical mass at a certain point when it becomes the popular awesome thing to do. And podcasting and, and online video and online streaming were already there. They were very popular, mm-hmm. but the boom of everyone in the industry taking flight to it. I mean, there's DJs that I would know that would never do a live stream <clears throat> swore up and down. 
We'll never do a live stream. I do in-person shows only. And then all of a sudden, boom, they are online from the top number one DJs in the world to somebody who wasn't even ever thinking about DJing, just starting out, jumping on that. And a lot of these DJs are also producers. So they had to figure out collaboration tools rather than just sending messages back and forth. Hey, let's get you in a Zoom. Hey, let's get you over here. Hey, wait a second. What if I DJ to set via Zoom or DJ to live set? Hey, what if I showed what's going on in my production studio right now, live as a show, something they never would have done because that personal connection out there to the world wasn't happening. Exactly. And and that just rose the level of it to to now it became a household name oh just zoom we were doing zoom dance parties with my friends you know where you have zoom karaoke you know my friend john uh john he wrote the book on how to do virtual engagement meetings literally wrote a book really yeah yeah john chen wrote a book <clears throat> how to right engage him john chen i'll introduce you to him great guy he's hosted events with upwards of like five thousand, maybe even more people all using zoom he is like the zoom master and he would hold coaching classes on, hey, set your backdrop up or get a green screen, you know, have a little bit of lighting, be presentable. Right. Don't be slumped. Don't wear, you know, don't come to don't come wearing your, your sweatshirt and, you know, to a, to a corporate or a meeting or event. Dress your best. This is the new age of basically digitally presenting yourself. And when and, they first started, how many mess ups were there? People didn't realize I oh, mean, that camera, right? Yeah. That camera was a killer. <laughs> I just had a friend of mine that was doing a Zoom interview about a month ago. And for some reason, she did not know she had logged onto the room and the interviewers could hear her. <clears throat> she was on waiting and she was talking to her son. And let's just say, you know, he's, I think, 10, 11 years old and wow. has to be talked to. Hey, do your stuff. And they clicked my. on and said, uh, you know, even listening to you for the last 10 minutes, they could have well, jumped on. They could leader. She couldn't put people in check. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that, that coming from both sides of the fence, should she have done that? Should she have known, turned her mic off, turned her camera off, waited for them to come. But also on the other end, I believe there's an etiquette of the other party. If the other party knows you're live and they're listening to you, they need to chime in and be like, hey, hey. We can hear and you. And say something, we can hear you. Please mm-hmm. turn. And that was very unprofessional on their part as well. You know, so there is Zoom etiquette that, that most people, you know, need to know. And um, my girlfriend, she teaches Pilates, yoga, all that stuff via Zoom. Mm-hmm. She has to make sure if, I, if, I'm in the, if I'm in her, if I'm in her space and in her studio, turn the camera. So exactly. if I get up to go to the bathroom or something. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, Darren, you were so um, spot on, you know, because <clears> we, you know, my era, we taught people, you know, how, you know, how to enter a room, how to set a table. There was all these little things, the etiquettes and things, you know, how to walk, you know, how to hold a door open for a young lady, whatever. Yep. But now, you know, we've got this manual for how to conduct yourself correctly on Zoom. And because like you said, I used to, you know, I did a lot of my training and workshops on Zoom and it would baffle me that people in these little, you know, Brady Bunch blocks did not realize I'm looking at you bent over. I'm looking at you. I'm like, sit your butt down and listen to me because you're not paying. Or turn your camera off. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> so yeah. we, we know about some some famous uh you know stories of people doing things they're not supposed to be doing while they're on a zoom so you know I'm, I'm it's so funny that you mentioned there's a book i've got to get that book to to read more mm -hmm. about you know the etiquette or etiquette zoom etiquette mm -hmm. All right, Colby, but it's been a, a different game. And I'm pretty sure the guys that even started Zoom had no idea it was going to blow up the way it did. Because Zoom- I don't think they did. And they weren't ready for it they either weren't. because what happened is you'd have what was called the Zoom bombing. Yes. And, and, and you know, my friend, John Chen, was would be having a meeting and it was before they would automatically generate a password code, but people would come in and Zoom bomb the meetings. And these could be anything from- they, this would be school districts having a meeting or a corporate meeting and somebody had and they go blah, 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 and then throw up graphics and do all this crazy stuff in the middle of the zoom meeting and you know because zoom bombing kind of became a thing that uh um uh you know it's 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 was kind of a funny thing that happened now they give you a uh, code right and, and you gotta uh, have that passcode yeah <clears throat> I'm getting you a link right now to Thank John you. Chen, by the Thank way. You. I'm sending it in the chat right now Great. to you. Awesome. Now <laughs> listen, let's talk about rebranding or I got it. I got it. Engagingvirtualmeetings.com. Cool. I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. Now you have a lot of content because like you said, you've been <laughs> out doing this for a long time. And we uh -huh. know, you know, um, with the change of, you know, things that happen in the world, you have this <clears throat> content that you need to get out there because not everybody knows about it. So let's talk about the, the, you know, the importance of not only using your brand, but repurposing your content. I don't even want to say rebranding. That's the wrong term, but repurposing your content. I'm glad you brought that up because right now we're getting ready to launch something really big for the DJ sessions on the back end of things. We spent years, I've had this, like our website, first of all, the biggest thing I can say to anyone when you're going to go out there and you're an artist, you're a brand, or you're, you're an entity is control your content, control your environment. When you rely on the social media networks or you rely on companies like YouTube or Twitch, at any moment, if one of those platforms goes down and you don't have backups or everything, if your audience was relying on going to that platform and something happened that, to, to, something happens to that platform, you lose everything. You got to start building it all back up from scratch. And it's great that these companies are backed by Amazon and Google and Facebook and, and, and such and so forth, but really owning your brand. And the first step in doing that is getting your own domain and getting your own website and making sure that that's where you're pointing everyone to go to. Um, it, it's so, it perplexes me so much that when I see people out there, they're artists, they're entrepreneurs. They're doing anything. And I know that building a website can seem like a daunting task. You know, my two cents is I always tell people, go to GoDaddy, get a domain name, one, get private domain name with it, domains by proxy, so they don't get your, they can't scrape your address and your telephone number off of that. That's a huge one. Just pay the 20 bucks a year for it. You'll thank me later when your numbers, are not, when your emails aren't getting spammed, your address isn't getting junk mail, and your phone isn't blown off the hook. And number three, get a basic hosting account. These are five bucks a month. And you don't even have to get the WordPress one. Just you can get a basic hosting account. And GoDaddy has some great customer service. These website hosting companies usually have some great customer service. I've been using GoDaddy for 17 years now. They've been a little bit, you could say they've been my 
second tier. I've had second tier IT support with them. Something that some of these agents are I not supposed that. to do. Yeah, pay that little extra. Yeah. yeah, sometimes. And then they have back and stuff like, hey, here, pay us 50 bucks or $95. We'll diagnose this for you. Boom, we'll mm-hmm. dive in. Yeah. It's like, perfect. Thank you so much. But, you know, it's really an investment in your overall brand and, and making sure that's great. Then you go in, you put WordPress on the back end. That's an easy installation. Click a couple buttons. They'll usually walk you through cPanel, show you how to set it up. And then there's now you're into the world of WordPress. There's, there's so many templates out there and there's so many tutorials. I, I do this for my clients because I would sell what I called, we branded as WPO or Web Presence Optimization Packages. Good, and good. this would be everything from getting your website, tying it into your socials, getting the copy, the, the, the text to the body text for your website and getting this all up and running for you. But then here's where a lot of developers or I was taken advantage of or wanted to be taken advantage of 20 years ago. Like, okay, you want to make that little typo change? That's $75 an hour. Yeah. I'm like, wait a second. You guys typed it in wrong. I didn't type it in wrong. You didn't. Come on. No. So I, what I did with my WPO packages is I would give 13 weeks of training with oh, that. It, wow. would, it would be hands-on. I would do some of the work, but my client would be watching me do the work, make demo videos. I'd show them how easy it is to go change some text add a page, add a picture, add a video, the basics of what you need for a website. I mean, you don't need, our website is pretty intense. Right, right. Most people need a homepage, mm-hmm. an about page, mm-hmm. and a contact page, a mm-hmm. services page, and a contact page. That's it. Because yeah. everything on that website should dial them to do one thing, take an action. And that action is either click here to buy, click here to schedule, or click here to listen. Yes. And you got to be constantly updating that content on that site, especially if you have, you know, music content or something. Because once somebody goes there, they listen once, they come back and there's nothing new there. What's going to bring them back? That's new. And that's where WordPress being a blog site, originally developed for blog sites, is you could have that blog section, that news section, where that's where you are constantly updating what's going on. That could be audio files, video files, picture files, updates. That becomes your, it is your own social network you know, that people can use. And, and this is relatively inexpensive. Once you cost the setup, your time invested in, I mean, I charge a client $2,500 for the work I do. And it's usually about 20, 25 hours in the front end and then another hour per week for the next 13 weeks. But I have clients of mine that five years later are still hitting me up. Still Darren, I need something on my website. Okay, cool, I'll go fix it for you. No biggie. But once you can start controlling that branding and you start pushing that out there, then you go to your socials and say, Hey everyone, there's a new song on my website. Hey everyone, there's a new video on my website. Hey everyone, there's new stuff. Hey, if you go here and register, then you can start adding the newsletter portion to your site and capturing email addresses, which are still huge people. Okay. And, and you can start, people will see that. Say that again for the people in the back. Say that again for the people in the back about the emails. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, then you can usually get your social links put on your site and they can follow you from there. Uh, it, it's, it's very simple. Now I used to tell people, if you can, MySpace, you can, you can run a website. And then MySpace was before Facebook. So if I know y'all were on MySpace and then you got over to Facebook, y'all can do a, do a WordPress website. MySpace. Yeah. It I was jumped right into, a, and somebody laughed at me and said, did you just say the Facebook? I'm like, yes, it the was Facebook. the Facebook. <laughs> 
But Darren, man, you just hit on, I'm going to extract what you said about blogging <laughs> and I'm going to put that in because that is something that I tell people constantly. And you, and, and I want you to go back and talk about, you know, using these free platforms are fine, but use them as a driver to your website, to yep. your blog, to yep. your brick and mortar. Don't rely, don't build your business on these free platforms. Well, it, it, it isn't really free because one of the things you look at what Facebook did years ago, and it was so, tra it was such a, I call it a social crime that you would have people go in and they would build up these fan pages on Facebook and they'd get tens of thousands of fans. They push a button and a message would go out. Yay, so-and-so just posted in their fan base. Your fans would go, yay. Then all of a sudden Facebook started saying, hey, guess what? You want to reach all your fans that you got on this page that you drove here? Pay us some money. And I'm like, if they would have been capturing email addresses with all those, they said, hey, we'll put something over here. But guess what? Here's a special download for you. Here's a special coupon code. Yeah. Here's a special something for you for following us. Hey, here's our Patreon. Could you please maybe give us a dollar a month? Mm -hmm. And now you have a you have an artist that has ten thousand people that they're all given a dollar a month through Patreon. They're getting ten thousand dollars a month, or they could give you know set up tiers one dollar, two dollar, four dollar, ten dollar. Mm -hmm. You know you break it all down, but you get an average of ten thousand dollars a month coming through, and you're maybe delivering one song to your Patreon fans or something special With to those them. Patreon fans. You know that's just on and on. It's a subscription based content. I don't even think that concept has taken off yet to the model of, of people of how, you know, to content creators, let alone the option. And it will come into play eventually when they start wisening up this of going into a pay-per-view model or pay-per-podcast model, um, you know, to help generate a little bit of revenue. You know, you ask a supporter for $2. We do a lot of work. We produce our shows. We're behind the scenes. They don't see what we do, you know. Our show format, though, was always supposed to be free. That's how we want to keep it because we look for sponsorship dollars. Right, right. And that's right. one way you can offset it well. But you have to have viewership in order to get sponsorship dollars. So when you start out in the beginning, you know, you might have 100 listeners on your podcast. But if you can get a dollar per podcast or a dollar per month, just say, hey, don't forget, go to our Patreon. That can help pay for that GoDaddy bill. Ah. You know, that can also help pay for some marketing that you might do if you're a local podcast trying to hit a local scene and you want to take out a you know $50 a month ad or $100 a month ad that goes a 10 mile radius and you're talking about the local bars and nightlife or fashion scene in your area and you're only, you're trying to target hyper local. Mm -hmm. You want to advertise on Facebook or advertise on Instagram. Unfortunately, TikTok's advertising budgets start at $500 a month, wow. but um you know, the point is, is you can get up there and start using that to offset some of these costs and running this like a business and, and not necessarily a hobby, because even hobbies can be businesses in themselves. Yes, yes. You can turn that hobby into a jobby. Exactly. Into a, a jobby. <laughs> oh, you know what? We got to talk about, um, you said merchandise and links like yes. that, because we talked about that, because I gave you another uh, uh quote or something you said you're gonna i should put it on a t-shirt but let's take this quick break and when we come back we're going to continue the conversation with darren we're going to talk about again repurposing content that's going to give you more bang for your buck you know taking that podcast taking that blog breaking it up into snippets so let's take a quick break we'll be right back and don't forget you can find and follow me on all my social media platforms by using the link tree id a blake enterprises we'll be right back 
Are you ready to join the billion dollar podcasting industry? If so, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is ready for you. Whether you're just starting out and have no equipment or you are a seasoned pro but need help with production, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio has everything you need. Conveniently located in Middletown, Delaware, Blake's state-of-the-art production facilities make producing your first or 100th podcast a breeze. No matter what kind of project you have in mind, the professionals at Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio can help with your production or give you the tools to produce it on your own. At the heart of Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is award-winning blogger, vlogger, and CEO Antoinette Blake, and her goal is simple, to help one more entrepreneur be successful. So stop making excuses and start making your podcast, audiobook, e-course, and other online dreams come true. Call Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio now, 302-261-3530. That's 302-261-3530. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Antoinette Blake, and here on Out and About with Antoinette, Every week on a Wednesday at one o'clock, I am interviewing guests who are from in and around the state of Delaware that's doing some positive things, some fantastic things in their community. And I've got Darren Bruce, the DJ Sessions host. Yeah. And he is a geek like me when it comes to social media. Like we could probably geek out all day long talking about content, repurposing. Before the break, you know, we were talking about why you should start with a website. I think, Darren, what do you think? Birth certificate, web, a domain name. <laughs> well isn't it wait isn't it birth certificate social security number domain name okay okay birth certificate social security number domain name the name absolutely everyone should get their own dot dot birth that's what we should call it we should call it dot birth Darren <laughs> bruce dot birth and that's where you, that's where your their own stuff that's actually not a bad idea <laughs> no um, i mean i'm serious but, because i actually you know because i bought the domain antoinetteblake.com i don't know if i'll ever use it but yeah, I mean, remember when, and I'm, I'm dating myself, you were talking about MySpace, but remember when, when, when the, you know, the internet got kind of big and funky and everybody was on it and all the majors didn't think about buying their names like Coke and Pepsi and all that. And people were literally buying them, holding them ransom and then selling them. Domain parking. Yes. Yes. That's what it was. And yeah, and and actually, there were people that lost money that thought they were going to do that, and they got sued by the companies saying, "No, that is part of their domain name. That is part of their registered name. You can't do that." But yeah, domain parking was a was a big issue back in the day. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it happens so much now because if I was starting up a business, one of my first things I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Who Is and be like type this in or go to GoDaddy and type that in and say, does it, as a matter of fact, we're getting a new domain name for a, a subdivision of my company in okay. Arizona. And my guy hits me up and I'm like, okay, I already have I alternative media. He's like, that's too big. We need something smaller. And so he sends me, he's like, well, let's get I am Southwest. I go, no, 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 no. I don't want to get I am Southwest because I am Southwest brands us to the Southwest. Right. And we don't need to recreate the, the website. We don't need to recreate all this because we already have it built. It's already in there for mobile billboard advertising, out of home advertising. We just put I alternative media or use a QR code. You know, oh, uh, we got to talk about QR codes. Oh I, my I, gosh, I, yes. I had to explain to him was, and he's like, well, I don't know if people down here will know how to use a QR code. And that domain name's way too long for him to type in. I said, and guess what? That's not our target customer. 
If, a customer, if they can't figure out a QR code, then they have no business marketing whatsoever on our platform. Our price point is designed for clients that are literally spending anywhere between 400 to $2 million a year in this market on advertising. Bingo. And we're looking for, we're looking for 10 to 20% of that tops. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not looking for f- businesses that are spending $40,000 a year on marketing. Right. Nothing, nothing against small business. They are the backbone. That's of some, not your target. It's not our target market. We need businesses that have access to those kind of funds. Businesses that are going to understand QR codes, businesses that have implemented QR codes into their infrastructure, or at least they know how to use how this, to use device that nobody can see, right. how to use a smartphone and what that QR code means. And Darren, you know, I just recently did on my other podcast, the Delaware Blogger podcast, I did um, uh, uh, um, an episode on the QR code, you know, don't call it a comeback because like you remember QR codes were out there, they were popular. And then they went into, um, you know, fuzzy area. Not many people started, were using QR codes. I actually had the QR code on a magnetic sign on my car so that, you know, I was commuting three hours a day. So I figured I was going to get some, somebody to snap a QR code on my commute from home to work. So now QR codes are back and people need to use them for their brand, right? 100%. I think it's, it. I was talking about them. <laughs> People thought I was crazy for showing them this piece of thing that that was some weird artwork in 2010 going, this look, is going to be a few. Look a splotch. Look yeah, at this splotch. What is it? I'm, what am I looking? I can't read anything. I go, no, take your phone and do this and go do it. And they go, well, that's Ooh. really cool. <laughs> For 10 years, people, voodoo, Darren's crazy. One of Darren's first mover things that he knows is going to change the world. And now everybody's using them and everybody gets them. They're in commercials. They're out there. They're great for branding. They're great for information. They're, they're, you can do so much with them. One of the things I like with if you're an artist or a business and you have that, you know, you may think, oh, I saw a QR code. I'm going to use it once and throw it away. There you go. QR use code on my once. shirt. That's it. But you can actually have a QR code, target a web page on your site, target your blog. And that's always going to go back. I'm going to go back and I don't have to type it in all the time. And you can use that everywhere you want. You can even change that web page out and say, this is the feat. If you want to see what we're featuring, use this QR code. One month is a 20% off coupon. Next month, it's a free shirt. Next month, it's a buy one, get one free. Whatever's on that page. Mm-hmm. And you'll hold on to that like a forever coupon. It is, yes. It's a forever coupon. And you don't really have to even, you don't got to rebrand. You could, you know, if you printed 10,000 flyers and the special was only good for 30 days, now you're going to print 10,000 more for saying date expires here. You can put on the form, check the QR code for expiration date or current offer. Right. Oh, yes. Year. Somebody puts that on their fridge. They put it in their drawer. They pull it out and go, hey, there's still something good here. And you're now getting business based on that. So QR codes are awesome. Yeah, QR codes is perfect. I think QR codes are a great brand. And like you said, you know, if your target market audience, they know, they know what a QR code is. I mean, look at that Super Bowl commercial that spent all those millions of dollars just to have a QR code bounce across the screen, you know? So that's, that's great. So we talked about the QR codes. Now, when you take, when you do your interviews, whether, you know, your podcast or your YouTube or whatever, What's a great way to rebrand? I mean, because you're not going to do one and done. It's not, okay, I dropped it and I'll never do it again. You have to, you know, a lot of, because I, I coach people in starting podcasts and they think that, you know, okay, I did episode number four. Okay, I'm on episode five. Now I'm episode 10. I'm like, well, what happened to episode one through six? I mean, you can still 
repurpose and share that in different formats? What, what's your thoughts on that? You know, uh, I have content that I share. Okay. So <laughs> when it comes to re repurposing content, we produce obviously a, at the heart and soul of what we do. The live streaming is great, but that's live right here, right now. If you weren't there to watch it, it gets ingested into our podcast series. You can subscribe to that. Great. And, and then you get the new episodes. But let's say you want to go back in time and watch one of our older episodes. If I were just to put out two episodes a day <laughs> to read, like, hey, go want to, do you want to see me when I was making hot, hot dogs back in 2009 <laughs> on my show, doing crazy stuff in front of the camera, just testing out the system? It's still there. And I'll show you where this is all going to is basically you could do that. But um, if I did two episodes a day, I'd only get 700. How many days are there? 365? Yeah, 365. Yeah. 730 episodes out. It would still take me three years to go through my entire library of shows. Mm -hmm. That's two episodes a day. And there are cherry picker episodes that we pull, mainly right, our right, right. celebrity episodes or interview. Because I'm using a, a program now called Hello Wolfie. Um, I signed up for Hello Wolfie. I yeah, did, I did. It is, it is awesome. I could have done it with the previous uh competitor that I was using, but I love Hello Wolfie so much more because I can tag these as, as I'm making them and tag them under interview news or whatever. And then I can run a campaign and say, I want you to pull two of these every day and send out two of them for me automatically in a campaign that I can set up as long as I'm tagging them in the beginning as interviews. Okay. So as I move forward, all of my celebrity interviews, everything that I've been doing are getting put under that interview tag. And then I just go run a campaign and say, Post from here. It'll start from the beginning one and go all the way to the end. Wow. Rinse, wash, repeat. Rinse, wash, repeat. And I'm constantly posting out to those socials interviews that people may have never seen and repurposing that content forever. And that's what, you know, and that is great because you and I just met, right? Mm -hmm. So I looked at you, you looked at me, we did the interview. And then I said, well, hey, I'm a great guest. He probably had other great guests. And then I sat there and I started binging. And I was like, oh, wow, he's got some, you know, heavy hitters. I'm within some good company. So again, people don't realize that you, it's never one and done. No, no. And, and that was um, my old school mentor. The guy I started out this with, we started in public access television. And there was no way to really repurpose an episode unless we wanted to play that tape over again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And public access, they weren't charging us to put the, the, the content on on the on the on, uh, into the station but when i moved over out of that to broadcast television i had to pay for every episode that went up so my first series that i made i, I made six episodes and i played one through six and then i did seven through 13 but i just played episodes one through six over because what were the chances of somebody seeing episode one on the first night that it aired right. and seven weeks later seeing episode seven was going to be episode one they might and even if they did see it twice, I'm like, oh, it's a rerun. Yeah, this is the show I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. But it was oversaturated with the same show right. over and over and over again. You know, um, but again, that was, we had to pay to do that. Now, when you got into the world of YouTube and podcasting and you could just keep throwing up, throwing up, throwing, 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 throwing as much as you, as much as you can produce, it'll take. I mean, uh, you're not limited to a 24 hour day. No, online. not anymore. You know, I mean, I could. I film, we, we, we ratified, we got ours down to where I filmed four episodes, four hours of content in one sitting. And I'm doing that 
you know, four times a month was that mm-hmm. as, as it was our standard. Now we're even getting more than that. I mean, we were talking pre-show and I'm doing, I have 72 interviews booked at an hour per interview over the next 40 days. Wow. Actually, I should say, let's take away Saturdays and Sundays out of that. So over the course of the next five, six weeks, um, you know, I'm doing like four or five interviews a day. Wow. And see, I was getting ready to say, you know, how people get a hold of you to learn more and be on your show, but I'm still ask you that, but you ain't getting on this year. <laughs> how do yeah. people connect with you? How do I mean, where do people hear you and your shows and all that good stuff? Yeah. Well, how do they find us? Yeah. Oh, at the DJ sessions.com. Yeah. But they want to be on your show. And this is the one announcement I wanted to make earlier about repurposing content. I know we kind of got a little, little away from that, but one of the biggest things we're doing and announcing it first here today, I only put it up on face. I did, I, I vague book a lot on Facebook, but I'll announce it here. We are launching a Roku, Amazon Fire, Google Play, and Apple TV channels. Awesome, awesome. Our in-dev already should be up and running, hopefully in the next week and a half, with live streaming capabilities to those as well. At least I know it'll live stream to Roku. We're still going to see about the, the, other, the other three. I'm hoping we can go live, because if we can, we've got it all set up. Been work- I take on these things with these dev teams, and I kind of work in four-month projects okay okay so like and virtual- you know what if you're going to be live by the time they, they hear this you'll be up and running yeah. and doing the darn thing so i can't wait i i really 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 can't wait so they know where to find you i mean again you have been doing some major things and again i'm telling people you and i can geek out for another hour but <laughs> i don't have that long luxury of being with you for a whole hour maybe if i come back on your show then you'll give me an hour but yeah um but before i let you go again I always ask my guests to give us a wow, words of wisdom, a wow. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) When it comes to podcasting, if you're thinking about doing it, don't worry about the budget. Just start it. And if you like doing it, then maybe spend $50 on a microphone. And if you wanna go into video, then spend a hundred dollars on maybe some lights, but you don't have to drop a big budget to get started in some of these things, especially when it's a hobby. The best thing to do is just do your research. There's a library in every city. There's this wonderful thing we have called the internet. There's a lot of people that have started doing this probably before you started doing it. So you got to find that, type that in, find those people, do your research. And there's a wealth of information out there. And you nine times out of 10, you, you'll usually find somebody that wants to help that, that will help you or give you guidance in that world, in the, in that environment, in that, in that genre or, or, or what your mission statement is. So yeah, do research before you jump head first into anything. Darren, you're, you're a major, major guest. I mean, I was against what I said in the beginning, I was very impressed with your style, you know, cause there's some people that you can meet and you just vibe right away. You know, you get these emails and say, Oh, you know, I want to be on your show. Hey, you want to be on my show? And you go, Oh, okay. Is some this creepy person like going to really be, you know, worth it? But again, I mean, honest, all honesty, I'm so glad that we met. I'm so glad that I had an opportunity to be on your show. So tell every, you know, we're going to send everybody to that show and shows before binge. I mean, God, you can binge on these shows. He's got some heavy hitters. So you, and he's been doing it for what, about 17, 17 years? Uh, this series, the DJ sessions for 12, okay. almost 13 years, but I've been in the game for over, well, if you want to go officially, 42 years. Okay, see? So he's a pro, man. I'm learning from him. I'm older than he is, but I'm learning from him. And that's what you got to do. Just like you said, do your research. 
find those people that know what they are doing and listen to them and you'll learn. So Darren, thank you so very much for being a guest here on Out and About with Antoinette. I want you to keep those the music coming, keeping the podcast coming and keep me coming back to listen to you. So thank you so very much. I'm wishing you, your, you know, everybody in the family a wonderful week. May God continue to bless you, your mission and your vision. So thank you all for listening to today's episode of Out and About with Antoinette, because every week I have the privilege of interviewing a guest from in and around the state of Delaware who's doing some great things. And if you'd like to be a guest or you know someone to want to be a guest, send an email to info at ablakeenterprises.com. And don't forget, you can find and follow me on all my social media platforms, including my blog and my vlog, simply by using the Linktree ID A. Blake Enterprises. Thank you for listening. And please share this podcast link with your family, your friends, your bae, and your boo too. And until the next time, stay smart, stay safe, and stay social because I will see you in cyberspace. See ya. It's the DE Diva, aka the Delaware Blogger, wishing you and yours a beautifully blessed day. Bye bye. <laughs>